Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Hernandez, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. My name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm an American double board certified psychiatrist. Today, we want to bring you an episode to kind of do a year in review, reflect on the episodes that we put out this year, the topics we covered, and kind of just go through and see what reign to be true, what reign to be false, and just break everything down for you guys before we wrap up and get ready for the holidays and celebrate with our families. A lot of the topics we covered this year ranged from COVID, the COVID vaccine, the effect on kids, kids overall, mental well-being, and eating disorders that they may be experiencing, anxiety that they may be experiencing. We also touched on substance use or substance misuse, as well as the new COVID variants, suicide prevention, social media and cannabis use, psychedelics, and then of course our latest episode, which was Parkinson's. So I want to go ahead and begin this episode to ask my dad just on the state of COVID And what are some of the things that we covered that reign to be true this year in regards to COVID? Well, we did touch on how we needed to continue to be careful to not let our guards down. There were times in the year where we were very optimistic that the pandemic was soon going to be over. However, despite having the vaccines, now the booster, we did try to caution our our friends to continue to wear masks, social distance, and to treat COVID-19 as a serious uh, infection or contagion that it is, uh, not to, to assume that the worst was over. And unfortunately, that sort of warning still bears true today. Uh, I think that, again, we were very optimistic at one point. Life had seemed to return to normal. However, this newest variant, the Omicron, continues to haunt us, to infect us, to uh, exponentially rise in certain parts of the country and the world uh, where where it's running rampant. So... In many ways, we're sort of stuck where we were a year ago. Uh, we've returned back to the possibility of another surge. So we still need to be very careful, particularly during the this holiday season. I would even argue that we are in a surge now when we're looking at num- numbers from New York and soon to be LA because a lot of people are flying home uh, for the holidays. And I would also bring up the fact that in a lot of parts of the country where folks were unvaccinated, COVID really never disappeared and hospitals never really got a break from a COVID outbreak. And I think we saw major cities uh, numbers lower to a certain extent. But in terms of unvaccinated populations, I think the numbers have stayed pretty consistent this year. Well, I think that's accurate. There are apparently 90 million Americans that do not have a vaccine. 
and those populations are concentrated in certain districts and regions that are aligned with political views. And as you're pointing out, they have had high numbers of infection, uh, hospitalizations, and deaths. Uh, so, again, those areas that don't have the vaccine are the ones that are plagued by this infection, and they have very high uh, mortality rates as well. In terms of the vaccine, what would you say is the biggest roadblock for people in preventing them from going out and getting one at this point? The vaccine has been available for over 10 months, 11 months to people in the U.S. What do you think stopping that particular demographic, the unvaccinated, from getting their shot? Well, as you know, in the United States, there's that red-blue divide that one of my colleagues shared um, a year ago with us that that still holds true to this day. In reviewing some of the Bloomberg data, it it's uh, it's interesting to note and amazing that there's almost been nine billion vaccines that have been given worldwide. So that's a good thing. However. There are some very poor countries that have had very few of their citizens or um, vaccinated. So uh, that's an that's an area of concern that uh, logistically it's a, it's a tremendous challenge to get vaccines through the uh, globally. So, uh, but already nine billion uh, have been distributed, and of course many many billions more need to be. Um, given to sort of build up that protection worldwide to prevent mutations and variants. So we still have a very long way to go. We were talking about this off the podcast, just about, you know, will COVID ever go away? Will we ever see a COVID-free world? And I brought up the fact that in some areas of the world, that is the case where New Zealand, for example, they have gone large periods since the pandemic started where they the whole country was COVID free. And as soon as a singular case popped up, the whole country shut down immediately. No questions asked. So I guess my follow up comment to that would be. Considering all the money and infrastructure and you know, what we have in place in the United States, you would think that we would easily be in the same predicament, but unfortunately we're not. And I just also want to bring up the fact that on our podcast, we've talked about overall wellness, your physical health, mental health, um, to keep up with that and, to, you know, to build your immunity. But it seems as though we've gone in yet another year with a different president that has yet to put emphasis on our physical and mental well-beings. Well, you point out that something that is real, we, in particular to when it comes to mental health, we had a system that was sort of barely getting by to begin with. And when you add the stress of a pandemic where it added uh, increasing levels of depression and anxiety, with barriers to care, limited access, it the it's a recipe for failure, and it's 
it, it, we're starting to see that now where uh, patients are there's it was reported that there were over a uh, hundred thousand in accidental overdoses uh, that resulted in death in the United States um, higher than last year's levels uh, and when we talked about that earlier this year when we asked the question what did we think it was going to be in 21 as opposed to 20 and there really wasn't any reason to suggest that it would be lower and in fact it wasn't lower it, again it's higher so the rates of uh, substance misuse have gone up the suicides in the United States have gone up so the pandemic is taking its toll and it's frightening to see the number of people that are suffering through this and the limited resources that are available to help an already strained system. I want to extend that conversation to a topic we covered a few times throughout the year, which is kids, how they're doing in schools and their mental health. I know we've talked about the increased anxiety rates amongst kids that even transpired to become eating disorders in some cases for kids. How do you think this affects them and what do you think this next year looks like for kids in particular? Well, children have been very vulnerable. Uh, many uh, children have been orphaned or have lost uh, grandparents, significant others, and it's taken uh, a particularly hard uh, toll on them. Uh, many have isolated during the pandemic, uh, homeschooling, remote learning. And in California, at least in, in Los Angeles, apparently that's going to be uh, something that's going to be restarted where kids are going to have to be uh, isolating and learning from home again. So the consequences are that are 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 yet to be determined but it, it, you already get the sense that things are not going to go well when kids cannot socialize have fun with their peers um it's interesting to observe kids when they're in recess having a good time uh playing uh that's going to be taken away from them um and so kids are are, are definitely going to be are, are being affected by the pandemic by the different uh, variables that are affecting them in regards to learning alone being away from their friends having lost loved ones um, it's it's hard for an adult to cope and it may even be harder for for kids to to be able to deal with the 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 faults of this pandemic so would you say it's safe to say to predict that if we continue these with the current state of the U.S. and U.S. policy and COVID restrictions, COVID policy, would, is it safe to say that we're probably just going to be stuck in this loop of a new variant comes out that's a bit stronger, more contagious, less effective, the vaccines are less effective toward it's is it possible that in the United States and other countries in Europe it's this is just going to be the new reality for the foreseeable future the next five ten years even you know it's it's hard to see that far along it, it kind of seems as though 
there's something new coming up almost, if not every day, every week, every month. And so it's kind of hard to foresee that that far into the future, uh, given that we we know so little still of of this uh, of this uh, virus. So it's difficult to to make uh, I think long term predictions. It's been uh, challenging enough as it is, trying to make sense of what we've had to go through already so but what is certain I think is that um, we need to continue to have respect for this to try to wear our mask to social distance to do what we can as individuals to somehow collectively uh, keep ourselves and our families safe our community safe, our hospital safe. So uh, I think th- those are the, the, the points that we really want to talk about and bring out. One of the episodes we talked about this year or that we focused on this year was stigma. How would you say mental health as a whole has grown in this year it, as far as being more acceptable and more talked about in everyday culture and society and how do you think, where do you think we still need to improve? Well, this year we did have some athletes during the Olympics come out and talk about their mental health issues, and that was really brave on their part. Uh, they have a, a huge podium and people listen, and actually, for the most part, they were respected and, and well-received. So I think that there is some progress in that sense. However, the stigma towards mental illness has gone on for many, many years. It's sort of institutionalized. It's part of the culture. And we still have a long ways to go to overcome that so that people can get the help that they need. And so while progress has been made, we still need to keep working, bringing awareness. And and hopefully there will be a day where uh, talking about mental illness will be the same as talking about physical illness where we can talk about uh, somebody with an alcohol misuse issue, a heroin misuse issue, an amphetamine misuse issue, just like we can talk about cancer, diabetes, HIV, and other other, uh, very common illnesses that uh, afflict our, our patient population. What are some tangible, as a psychiatrist, what are some what would be like your dream outcome of whether it's funding to certain programs, uh, laws passed, like what would be an ideal world for a psychiatrist serving a sick patient population to make your job, not I don't want to say easier, but to make the pipeline for reco- illness to recovery smoother? for both the patient and the and the physician. You know, that's easy for me to answer. What I would love to see is close collaboration with medical colleagues and substance use disorder experts collaborating uh, with mental health professionals, all maybe under even one roof where the patients can receive treatment in all those three spheres for 
their, their drug issues, their medical issues, and their psychiatric ones uh, when uh, we can freely interchange ideas and treatments and uh, concerns about our patient uh, population. I think that would, that would be the, uh, the ideal. What are your hopes for the new year in terms of COVID and just overall wellness for the nation? My hope is that people turn to their uh, doctors, to their healthcare givers, and ask for advice in regards to vaccines, boosters, prevention measures. Um, turn to uh, mental health professionals when you're feeling anguished, when you're feeling distraught. Uh, uh, if you're feeling suicidal, there's a hotline. Uh, there's the new 988. Uh, so seek help. That's what our message is uh, to those that are suffering uh, from uh, the fallout of this pandemic. Help is available. You must seek help. Don't isolate yourself. There's people that, professionals that can help you and want to help you. You have to reach out. Uh, don't feel ashamed. Uh, if you need the help, it's available to you. Uh, mental illness is not a sign of weakness. It's an illness. Uh, addiction is an illness, uh, just like other medical conditions are, are diseases as well. So help is available. Um, if you need it, please reach out. Uh, and we wish uh, for our, our audience a uh, happy holiday season and Merry Christmas. Uh, we hope that you stay safe. Restrict your travel if you can. If you feel sick, isolate, quarantine. Uh, please don't contaminate others. Um, and we wish you a happy holiday season. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of 2020 Psych. Thank you for listening consistent, consistently throughout the year and supporting our podcast and tuning in, tuning in to our episodes. We do have an episode all about coping with the holidays. I know this time can be difficult for some people, so please give that a listen if you haven't already. And thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day wherever you are.